Welcome to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. We are a local church in East London, here to be a beacon of hope for Hoxton. And our mission is to worship God, make disciples, share Jesus, and transform Hoxton. Nice to see you today. Uh, If you don't know me, my name's Sarah. Uh, I'm on the team here at St. John's, and um, this morning we're going to be yeah, just having a bit more of a think about this passage and looking at the lives of Simeon and Anna and seeing what we can learn from them today. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity once again to come together to spend time worshipping you, enjoying your presence and learning from your word. And I just ask, Lord, that you would take these words that I've prepared. Would you speak through them? Would you take away the dross and um, inspire us this morning with um, the lives of Simeon and Anna. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you want to pop that image up, Larry? I'm just going to leave that there for you to look at while we have a think about this. I wonder how you feel about waiting Are you a patient person? I guess it probably depends a little bit on what you're waiting for. So, you know, if you're waiting for something exciting, like Christmas or your birthday, depending on what age you are, um, or your wedding or something really exciting, then that waiting is kind of, it's exciting. You've got anticipation. You're looking forward to that thing. But... The waiting's not always like that, is it? What if you're waiting in a queue of traffic? You're sitting in your car and you're going nowhere and you're gonna be late for an appointment. Or what if you're the person who's waiting for the person in the car stuck in the traffic to get to your appointment? It's all just a bit stressful and a bit irritating and a bit annoying. But we wait for so many different reasons and with so many different emotions. What if you're waiting on some medical test results and you don't know what the answer is going to bring? You don't know how you will feel. You don't know what the future will bring. What if you're waiting for a global pandemic to be over? You don't know how long you're going to be waiting for. So the waiting, it becomes kind of exhausting, maybe even depressing. We feel powerless. You kind of know, right? We know that it's not going to go on forever and that we will come out of it one way or the other and life will be better and we'll be free from anxiety and we'll be able to do all the things that we want to do. But there's so much struggle in the waiting, so much suffering and unknown in the waiting. So just imagine with me for a minute that you are old. And I mean really, really old. And I know that will be easier for some of us than others. And when you were young, your home nation was invaded and it was taken over by a foreign army. And since then, you've been ruled by a succession of tyrannical kings who yielded brutal power over all those that lived there and you're waiting for change. You're waiting for your freedom to come. You're waiting to be able to live your life the way that you did before. 
But you also know that you're getting old and there's not that much of your life left to live. And this is the situation in Israel for Simeon and Anna. And this is the one and only time that we meet Simeon and Anna in the Bible. They only play a really small bit part in the life of Jesus, and it would be really easy for us to overlook them. But I think there is so much to learn from the lives of these, this man and this woman. And I love this painting. I love the look on their faces as they see baby Jesus. So just, you know, enjoy that image. So there's things that we see on the surface in their lives, things that we find out about them. Simeon is being described here as being righteous and devout. And we see the Holy Spirit speaking to him. And Anna, she's described as a prophet, um, and she's basically spent most of her long life in the temple, worshipping and praying and fasting day and night. They're both pretty impressive people. I'm kind of instantly intimidated, and I feel quite inadequate, if I'm honest. Um, But I think if we look a little bit deeper, we see that actually they've been living through difficult circumstances for a long, long time. And now they're both aware that they're reaching the end of their lives. And one line from this passage that really stood out to me when I was preparing was this line. It was described um, describing Simeon. And it says, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He's living in this Roman-occupied land. The Jewish people are being oppressed and marginalized. And Simeon is waiting. And he's been waiting for a long time for the consolation of Israel. Now, the word for waiting in this sentence, it can be translated in different ways. And the Greek word used here is a word that I cannot pronounce, but it goes something like prostikomenos. Anyway, but it means, yes, it means to wait, but it also means to expect, to be kind of eager and ready to receive or welcome something. It's a different kind of waiting altogether, I think. Simeon was expecting the consolation of Israel. He was ready for it. He's not kind of enduring through gritted teeth and irritation. Instead, he's actively anticipating. He's waiting, but he's eager and he's ready. Because he knows that what he's waiting for is going to happen. So it's a feeling a bit more like that first one that we thought about, you know, waiting for that exciting event to come around. But how does he know? How does he know that what he's waiting for will actually happen? You know, his circumstances haven't changed. Israel is still occupied. He's still suffering. And he could easily have resorted to kind of irritation and frustration in the waiting. But Simeon knows because he has a relationship with the Holy Spirit who had revealed to him, who had promised him that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah and that that Messiah would be the one to bring about the consolation of Israel. He didn't know what that Messiah would look like, but he trusted God and he believed that the consolation was coming. 
So instead of focusing on his current situations, his trials, his suffering, instead he looks forward with expectation of what is to come. Tom Wright, in his um, uh, commentary on the book of Luke, describes Simeon and Anna this way. He says, they are both living in a world of patient hope, where suffering has become a way of life. Their suffering hasn't stopped. Their situation hasn't changed, but they have patient hope and expectation that God is coming. I don't know about you, but I love and admire and want Simeon's relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's mentioned three times in the space of just three short verses when describing Simeon. It says, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah and moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. So the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit revealed things to him and the Holy Spirit moved him. I want to be like Simeon, don't you? What a wonderful way to be described. He knew that his waiting would end one day because the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. And he knew when he saw baby Jesus that day that he was the Messiah, the fulfillment of his waiting because the Holy Spirit moved him into the temple. The Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit revealed things to him and the Holy Spirit moved him. And without this relationship with the Holy Spirit, it would have been easy, easy for Simeon to miss the Messiah, to miss the fulfillment of his waiting. A baby probably wasn't what he was expecting. And if he was so fixed on, fixed on his own ideas of what the Messiah would look like, he might not have heard the voice of the Holy Spirit telling him to go to the temple courts at just the right moment. Sometimes God fulfills his promises in ways we don't expect. So we thought about waiting, but going back to that original sentence um, that struck me, it says that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. I'm interested in what exactly that means. Consolation means comfort, comfort in the face of pain, in the face of loss or disappointment. We comfort or console people who are sad or grieving. And for Simeon, it's the whole of Israel that needs consolation. Israel's feeling collective pain. And Simeon is waiting expectantly for that pain to be comforted by God. And again, I find the Greek really interesting here. The Greek word used is paraklesis, which means kind of to lift someone's spirits, to encourage, to help, to comfort and almost to stand alongside someone in their pain, to intercede for them. And here's something really interesting. The same word, the same root word, is used in the book of John uh, to describe the Holy Spirit himself, to describe the Holy Spirit as our comforter, our helper, the one who intercedes for us. This consolation of Israel will come from the whole of the Trinity. Simeon is waiting and looking forward to a time when Israel, occupied and weary, will receive comfort and relief from God the Father, from God the Son in Jesus, born as a baby, 
and also from God the Holy Spirit, our comforter. And Simeon knows that it's coming soon because he's getting old and he is confident in what he's been promised, that he will see the Messiah before he dies. So when the Spirit moves him to go into the temple courts that day, it's just at the right time to see Mary and Joseph coming to present their firstborn son to the Lord. Simeon was so attentive to the Holy Spirit that he knew that this baby was the fulfillment of everything that he'd been waiting for. Israel's constellation wasn't a revolution. It wasn't a dramatic event, even an immediate, like, tangible change. It was a person. It was a baby who was just mind-blowingly a part of the Holy Trinity come to bring consolation to Israel. And almost immediately, we see in the passage that Simeon knows that this baby, this consolation is actually not just for Israel, but for the whole world. As he takes Jesus in his arms, he refers to the book of Isaiah, I will make you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. This won't have been what most Jews were hoping for at the time. They kind of just wanted a Messiah for themselves to save them. But sometimes God fulfills his promises in ways that we don't expect. And as we know, there was more suffering to come. And that sword would pierce Mary's heart as she watches her son be rejected and killed by the very people that he came to save And then we have Anna, the prophet, and she's been waiting too. But waiting on the Lord for Anna had become a way of life. Her daily practice, as she spent her days worshipping and prayer and fasting for decades, decades. She'd been worshipping in the temple since she'd been widowed after only seven years of marriage, and she's now 84. That's a long time. And Anna also instantly recognized Jesus to be the Messiah. And she gave thanks and praise to God. She didn't need more details. She didn't need more information. She didn't question how this baby, who couldn't walk or talk, was going to bring about the redemption of Israel that she'd been waiting for. She didn't need to know. She trusted God. And she instantly wanted to share the news with others who had also been waiting She didn't wait to see how it all panned out. And she she didn't keep it to herself because she knew that God's comfort and consolation was for everyone. And consequently, she became the first person to declare the good news of Jesus, the first evangelist. Now, I don't think it's too difficult for us to see how we can learn from Simeon and Anna and the parallels that we can draw to this past couple of years that we've experienced. We know it's not just ourselves or even our own nation that's in pain, it's the whole world experiencing this collective pain, whether that's illness or loss, grief, isolation, disruption, anxiety, the list goes on. We don't know when it will all be over. We're waiting and it's been painful. But I wonder how, how are we waiting? Are we waiting with irritation and frustration, impatient and annoyed? 
I know that's been my emotions a lot of the time the past couple of years. Or are we waiting with expectancy, with confidence and hope that God will bring comfort? I know that our natural instinct is to want whatever trial that we're going through to be over. Whatever struggle or difficulty that's happening to us, we just want it to end. And we pray for the end of our suffering. And we pin all our hopes on that moment when our suffering will be over. And that's good. That's good. I'm not saying it's not good. But I think it's often at these times of pain and hardship when we feel like everything's been stripped away that Christ makes himself known to us as our comforter, our consolation, perhaps in ways that we weren't expecting. But if we have our eyes fixed on our present circumstances, we might miss him. If we're so focused on the solution to all our problems and the suffering being over, we might not recognize the person who's come to bring that solution. Simeon and Anna embraced the waiting. They welcomed it as an opportunity to grow, a gift even, of time spent in worship and prayer, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when the waiting was over and the comfort came in a way that they didn't expect, they welcomed it. They recognized it. They were ready. And we know, don't we, that God builds our character through suffering. We know, usually with hindsight, it's at these times that our faith grows and we're transformed into the people that he's created us and called us to be so that we can share his love with those around us. And we're comforted by remembering that God himself shared in our suffering in the person of Jesus so that we could be set free from suffering, confident in his love for us and looking forward with hope for the fulfillment of his promise of eternal life. You know, personally, it's only been in these last two years that I've actually become much more disciplined about reading the Bible and praying every day. And I don't say that to brag because, honestly, I've been a Christian for a long time. So it's actually a bit embarrassing. Uh, it's definitely not braggable um, that I've not ma actually managed it before uh, consistently. But these past few years, they've made me realize more than ever that I cannot do it without him. I can't do this without Jesus. And if I'm going to continue doing what God has called me to do in the midst of stress and anxiety, in the middle of uncertainty and exhaustion, I need that discipline more than ever so that I can wait with expectation and readiness for what God is going to do. Let's aspire together to be like Simeon and Anna, to be people who the Holy Spirit reveals things to, who the Holy Spirit moves so that we can recognize when God is at work. Should we stand together? This waiting has, I'm sure, these past couple of years brought about so many different emotions in all of us. Maybe you've been struggling with the waiting feeling anxiety, feeling irritation or annoyance, 
feeling abandoned by God even. Let's ask God to meet us in the waiting. Maybe you're like Simeon. You want to be like Simeon. You want that relationship with the Holy Spirit. You want the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you, to move you, to be with you. Let's just take a few moments. Perhaps reach your hands out as if to receive... Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, reveal to us who you are. Bring comfort. Bring consolation. Thank you, Lord, for your presence with us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, and we thank you, Lord, and we ask, Lord, that you would be with us in an ever-present way, that we would know your presence tangibly as we go through this, this waiting, we, as we might feel anxious, as we might feel that struggle, that pain of waiting, Lord. Work in our hearts so that we can wait with expectation on you, knowing, knowing that you're here with us, knowing that you want to bring your comfort to us. Open our hearts to recognize you. Thanks for listening to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. New talks will be uploaded every week from all of our services. And do check out our website, stjohnshoxton.org.uk, for more information.